We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for July 7, 2013. And today mostly covering just a variety of different current events that are uh, breaking. First report we're going to get into is entitled Russian Forces to Provide Security at U.S. Events. As part of a deal signed last week in Washington, D.C. between the Russian Emergency Situations Ministry and FEMA, Russia officials will provide security at mass events in the United States, a scenario that won't sit well with Americans wary of foreign assets operating on U.S. soil. When I first saw this, I didn't even really react. I thought that I thought there was a good chance it was a hoax. Because this is about as in-your-face as you can get. But it's not a hoax. According to a press release, and there's a link here you can click on if you'd like to see that. Um, according to a press release by the Ministry of Russian Federation for Civil Defense and Emergencies, U.S. and Russian officials met on June 25th at the 17th Joint U.S.-Russia Cooperation Committee on Emergency Situations. In addition to agreeing with FEMA to exchange experts during joint rescue operations in major disasters, the Russian Emergency Situations Ministry will also be providing security at mass events in the United States. So you could literally, if you're at any one, any type of large event, you can literally now start expecting to see Russian troops, I'm sure this is just the beginning, on our soil. Um, I'm going to go ahead and play this little YouTube video till about the four and a half minute mark here, which gets into this. Okay, so here it's saying the Obama regime requested 15,000 Russian soldier, soldiers trained in disaster relief and crowd functions uh, like riot control, prepositioned to respond to FEMA Actually, FEMA Region 3 is where they're saying that this is targeted during an unspecified upcoming disaster. Okay, so right off the FEMA website, I wanted to clarify this. We see that FEMA Region 3 is Washington, D.C., Delaware, Maryland, Pennsylvania, Virginia, and West Virginia. So obviously, a very, very highly, well, some of it is very, very highly populated, but obviously Washington, D.C., um, you can imagine the scenarios that, that might develop with that. So, let's get back to the video here. Now, here's a recent video of Vladimir Putin and Obama sitting on a stage and they're exchanging uh, niceties, whatever you would like to call it, and he, Putin compliments something with Obama and then they shake hands like they're good buddies. He wants to relax me with his statements that, uh, that they're age six. So here's another, this is straight out of a Russian website, the Ministry of Russian Federation for Civil Defense, right off their official website. It says several documents signed during joint work of Russia Emergency Ministry and FEMA. So this is not this is not a rumor. Uh, here we have it then confirmed by the U.S. Department of State, their website, right, their official website, and we see U.S.-Russia Bilateral Presidential Commission 
and it's quite a few different things there, so they're trying to verify this information. Well, we've seen our police militarized. We've seen our military being used as police. Now, in a breaking story from Paul Joseph Watson on InfoWars, we see that the Russian forces are going to provide security at U.S. events. In the article on InfoWars, it says, as part of the deal signed last week in Washington, D.C., between the Russian Emergency Situations Ministry and FEMA, Russian officials will provide security at mass events in the United States, a scenario that won't sit well with Americans who are wary of foreign assets operating on U.S. soil. It'll be a lot easier for our government to collect guns and confiscate guns and shoot on Americans if they're not using American soldiers, if they're using Russian soldiers. Now, this all came... This is the whole point. There's a lot of these foreign countries, obviously Russia would be one, uh, despise us. I mean, and particularly their military would be trained in that, and particularly if, they're, if they know that the ones that are being trained to actually come over here, they're going to make sure that whatever troops are sent over here probably have the maximum amount of malice toward America as possible. They're not going to really want to select troops to put on our soil that have some red, white, and blue, true blue love, Yankee doodle dandy love for America. You know, that's my, <laughs> I'm obviously I'm speculating, but it would seem to make sense. From a Russian publication, that's referenced in the article, so you can read it for yourself. We're not making this up. Russian soldiers will be put on U.S. soil by Obama to provide security at U.S. events. That's right, you heard me correctly. Okay, this is Michael Savage um, talking about this on um, the 1st of July of this year. So, you know, he's pretty, obviously, mainstream, and he's even talking about it. As part of a deal signed last week in Washington, D.C., between the Ruskies and FEMA, you know FEMA is, don't you, the people with the camps ready for you? Russian soldiers are going to be put on U.S. soil to provide security at mass events in the United States. He's referring to the prison camps, obviously, that they're going to activate during martial law. Do you have any idea what this means? Many people fear that this government is getting ready for some major action against the people. They think that this gang that targeted their political enemies through the IRS and through the NSA is getting ready to use foreign troops on this on soil, on our soil, who will not hesitate to shoot to kill. That was signed just last week between FEMA and the, uh, Russia, the Russian Emergency Situations Ministry and FEMA where Russian soldiers were, will provide security at mass events in the United States. This is illegal. It's a violation of the Posse Comitatus Act. Whoever signed it on US, for the U.S. government should go to prison. I agree. Now, the next part says this request was made directly to Minister Pukov by DHS Director Janet Napolitano, who said these Russian troops would work directly and jointly. I mean, Janet Napolitano, the, the absolute total face of lesbian evil, okay? Couldn't, you really couldn't have anything worse in that regard. Um, Russian troops will work directly and jointly with her Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA. So, it's just developing more and more into kind of worst-case scenario. I'm letting the video play through here. Okay, then it goes on to say, FEMA Region 3, the area Russian troops are being requested for, uh, includes 
Washington, D.C., surrounding states of Maryland, Pennsylvania, Virginia, and West Virginia. We have this map that shows how the U.S. would be divided in the event of an emergency, if we can pull that out there. There it is. So this is how the U.S. will be divided into districts. You see 10 of them there. Uh, this is according to the National uh, Emergency Center establishment. It gives uh, FEMA and the Department of Homeland Security uh, jurisdiction over what goes on in these, uh, in these places during a time of emergency. So again, you've got the most, one of the most wicked factions of our government, FEMA, with at the head of it, Janet Napolitano, one of the most evil people that has ever walked the planet. And they're, during any type of martial law scenario, they're going to have basically total jurisdiction over these different areas. And they're split up into ten, ten different regions um, in the United States. I, I gave you FEMA Region 3, and then there's nine others on top of that. So, then it goes on to say, Minister Pukov notes that Russian troops being requested by Obama regime would more than likely be paired with United States Department of Homeland Security troops. <laughs> Absolutely. And I can see them using the Russian troops to really go in to do the dirty work regarding American citizens. I can't see it developing any other way, really. Uh, they last year purchased nearly 2 billion rounds of ammunition and just this past month placed an emergency order for more. That kind of ammo that they purchased from ATK, hollow point ammunition, as you had explained... Uh, it's designed to, you know, tear through human flesh and then expand. It's designed to kill people, DHS, for even more ammunition for 175 million rounds of uh, 223 caliber rifle ammo. It's almost identical to the ammunition used by NATO peacekeeping forces. So that's very interesting. Uh, are they planning on some kind of widespread economic unrest in the U.S. that would require uh, NATO forces to help us out? Russian troops head to the East Coast. More foreign troops train. More foreign troops train in California. Sorry, the the thing kicked in. This is a news clip of titled "Don Blitz Takes Red Beach." Pendleton Marines train with international forces. Pretty impressive. A display of international military might. Thousands of men and women from several different countries all landed on Camp Pendleton's beaches today. It's all part of a multinational exercise called Dawn Blitz. New at 5, 10 News reporter Joe Little was on the beach during that exercise and reveals why training alongside other countries has become part of the U.S. military's way of life. Isn't that special? So, the video goes on for about another five minutes. I, I'll give you the link there if you like to listen to the whole thing. But the pertinent, the main pertinent parts we've, we've kind of already covered. So, going back to the main report, this suggests that events designed as national special security events by the Department of Homeland Security, which would include the Super Bowl, international summits such as G8 and presidential inaugurations will now rely partly on Russian authorities to provide the security. The meeting last week also agreed on the conclusion that U.S. and Russian emergency authorities will increase their cooperation in order to respond efficiently to all kinds of disasters. It really is indicative or reminiscent also of the United Nations, where you've got United Nations peacekeeping troops, 
policing the streets in different countries, and you might have several different nations policing the streets of one country. That's what they want to make as kind of like the world model. And this is how they're doing it, uh, at least on American soil. So, going further, the uh, meeting last week also agreed on the conclusion that the U.S. and Russian emergency authorities will increase their cooperation in order, quote, in order to respond efficiently to all kinds of disasters. So, yeah, they're saying, you know... Super Bowl, uh, summits such as the GA, presidential inaugurations. But, hey, all bets are off. If there's any kind of uh, natural disaster, we can send them in for that reason, too. Why would we need Russian troops to respond to nat- uh, natural disasters in America? I mean, it doesn't even make any sense at all. Other than if their um, the rationale, if the reasoning was evil... It's the only reason I can think of to have this. There's no other reason. You know, it's just pure evil. So, the use of foreign troops or other officials in law enforcement capacity providing security inside the United States is illegal under posse comitatus. Captain William Geddes of the U.S. Army Reserve acknowledged last year that it is against federal law to use U.S. troops to conduct police patrols, despite the fact that such occurrences are becoming increasingly common. The U.S. use uh, the use of foreign troops is even a more clear-cut violation of posse comitatus. Last year, we reported on how Russian troops were invited to the U.S. as part of a Fort Carson, Colorado drill f- focused around anti-terror training. Aside from learning how to target terrorists in America, the Russian soldiers were also out in the local community attending baseball games in Colorado Springs. Uh, it's, this is all about acclimation. As Mark Slavo writes... Rumors have circulated for years about the possibility of foreign troops being deployed on U.S. soil in the event of a widespread declaration of a national emergency. For quite some time, there have been anecdotal reports supporting the claim that the the U.N., Russia, and other nations would be used in a policing capacity should some critical event befall our nation. Yeah, that's coming. So they want to have these troops pre-positioned. They want to have their announcement already made. That way when they pull the trigger, it won't be such a shock to see them on our streets. We've already been forewarned, essentially, of that. The fear um, the fear should such a scenario take place has been that these soldiers would act under the banner of their own flags. Obviously they would. Ignoring the fundamental protections afforded to our citizens, leaving Americans under the jurisdiction of people who don't speak our language or respect our fundamental rights to self-defense, to be secure in their homes, and to be presumed innocent in the eyes of the law. They know that there's a certain percentage of our own troops that will not go along with this, but if they bring over foreign troops that hate us anyway, they're not going to have to worry about that. (laughs) that. All that concern is out the window. That is the peace of mind that the foreign troops would give Satan, essentially, by being on our soil. you know, Because Satan's not going to have to worry about them being loyal to our country. Uh, so, concerns about foreign troops being used on U.S. soil have lingered ever since the release of the State Department publication 7277, there's a link to that here, which is the blueprint for harmonization of the U.S. and Russian forces under a framework of United Nations-led global government. So again, it's just all being set up incrementally being implemented at this point. 
this is something that was interesting. I'm not saying this is going to happen, but I thought this was an interesting scenario. Russian troops to enact martial law. Um, actually, the Russian troops would enact it, but will martial law be enacted in America after the Zimmerman, Travon, Martin riots ensue? Why are all these foreign and Russian troops now on American soil to, quote, assist FEMA with disasters and emergencies? Does it have anything to do with uh, the possible riots after the Trevon Martin, George Zimmerman verdict is read? Meaning if George Zimmerman is found innocent, um, there's been a ton of chatter up on the internet calling for mass riots around the country. Um, in Greensboro, North Carolina, just last night, there were massive riots with over 400 people involved. Now, that didn't really, I don't think that had anything to do with the Trevon Martin case, but I did watch the video on that, and what it was is they're showing, and I, I covered this before, how through social media, you know how they were doing the flash mobs. Well, now what they're doing is they're going beyond that. They're actually mobilizing hundreds, if not thousands of people, sometimes at a time, at certain public places to literally go and overwhelm a public place, trash it, beat people up, do all kind of evil stuff, and and then overwhelming a police force who, who who's not aware that they're going to be there, and then they disperse. They do their damage, and then they, they disperse. So, um, logistically... These people that would want to do this in flash mobs and riots and stuff like that have the technology now to do this and to mobilize very quickly. So this is uh, a person named uh, Videographer, uh, I believe on YouTube, says, It is announced that Russian troops are going to be used on U.S. soil right before the, US, the George Zimmerman verdict is read. Uh, this is not a coincidence. Now, whether that happens or not, I don't know. I'm just saying it could be, if nothing else, it's a good example of how it could be used. And then we have the report that reads, Facebook pages promote killing Zimmerman rioting for Trevon. Facebook apparently operates under a double standard. A Fox News radio host is removed for making a politically incorrect joke, while people who say they want to commit murder and incite riots are allowed to stay. Um, because it's politically correct, politically incorrect to condemn anything that's being said regarding killing people, killing white people in particular, even though George Zimmerman is a Hispanic. That's okay. But a white person that says anything against anything now anymore, and particularly if the white person is a Christian or if he's pro-life or if he's pro-Second Amendment, that is the source of all evil on the planet. Um, this is the way it seems our world is moving right now. Particularly the demonization of white men. Listen, if I was green, I would be saying this. In other words, if I was a totally different race, I would be saying this. Because it does seem, it's not seeming, it is absolutely readily apparent that white men in particular and the white race, to a lesser extent, are being targeted regarding this. And to me, this is about... Black, white, Hispanic, or anything, or me being prejudiced, I'm just pointing out facts. And, you know, like I said, there's a lot of different things that will put you in higher and higher classifications of you not being able to speak your mind. You know, pro-Second Amendment, pro-life, anti-homosexual um, type of, of thing. That's all going to put you in a, in a bad classification. And being white, and particularly a white male, is another one that will put you further into that classification. So... Um, they're saying while people who want 
a, a white person was removed for pe- making a politically incorrect joke, while people who say they want to commit murder and incite rioting are allowed to stay. And this is true. I mean, they're up there and they're saying we're gonna we're gonna you know kill all the all the whites we can kill uh, a lot of them if if they find Trevon uh, or if they find Zimmerman innocent. You know. Meanwhile, I've documented over and over and over all of the black on white hate crime that takes place all the time, over and over, that's not even talked about in the news. I've done this in past teachings. This is not a matter of me being prejudiced. I'm just pointing out what's going on here. Okay, I'm not saying all black people are that way either. I have a lot of black people that are, are really good friends of mine. So this isn't about that at all. I'm just saying there is a, a ton of black on white crime out there. And these, are, these guys are thugs. Okay, gangbangers, whatever you want to call them. I'm not saying there's not wicked white people out there either, or wicked Hispanics. So again, I, I don't want to. I don't want this to turn into that. Uh, but I'm just saying there is a ton of that, and it's very, very, very underreported. And then usually, if it gets reported, it's reported on a very um, local level, so it doesn't get into the national. Whereas this Travon Zimmerman thing is, you know, obviously front page news everywhere. That's because the mainstream media is doing this. They're the ones that are creating this massive amount of, of trying to create a massive amount of polarization between the black and white races. It's all by design to create a civil war in America and inciting, and a lot of the rap music too incites in a, in a very horrific way as well. So it's just one of those things. It's all being set up. It's all by design. Um, now, it goes on to say, it does not help when idiotic actors like socialist Roseanne Barr are calling for arming of teenagers and regretting that Martin had not been killed, had not killed Zimmerman, Trevon Martin, that he hadn't killed him. Barr had earlier violated Twitter's rules when she tweeted the home address of George Zimmerman's parents. What a, what a pig from the pit of hell she is. I mean... His parents? This is the kind of insanity you're dealing with with the liberal left people that are doing this. And I mean, it's you see it over and over. Then it goes on to say she subsequently deleted the tweet, but despite <coughs> excuse me, despite the damage, the popular microblogging site did not close her account down. Guaranteed, if the opposite was said by any white person, they would have been banned. It's just the double standard that is exists and increasingly is existing on a higher and higher level. It's purely satanic. We're gonna we're gonna go over much more of this double standard in this teaching today, and um, leads me to the next story that I had a lot of people emailing me about, and and this has all been verified. Pro-abortion activists in Texas yell, "Hail Satan!" As pro-lifers sing Amazing Grace. Uh, as the state, Texas state legislature prepares to pass HB2, which is a new law imposing restrictions on abortions in the state, a, I believe after 20 weeks, um, a spiritual law, a, a spiritual war broke out in front of the Capitol building as Christian pro-life advocates sang the hymn Amazing Grace. Pro-abortion activists responded with chants of Hail Satan. 
and to try to drown out, they were doing it to try to drown out the, the singing of Amazing Grace. This is how wicked and evil and overt and in your face it's becoming. I kind of like it in a way from the standpoint, I like it when the gloves come off and when the mask comes off. I like it when, you know, these types of people just can't contain themselves anymore and they show themselves to be what is really in them. They don't try to put on a veneer anymore of being even politically correct, even being on the side of, of whatever. We're, you know, we're so good. I, I like it when Islam does the same, and they do it all the time. Um, I don't like the effects of it, but I like it when they show themselves to be the devils that they are, and then at least they're unmasked and people can see them for what they are. Uh, because, obviously, somebody with a mask on, somebody with an agenda, somebody with a very evil agenda, as long as he remains hidden, typically he can accomplish more. Once the mask comes off, it's harder to accomplish that, typically. So, um, I'm going to play a little bit of this video. Now, a blogger captured footage of some of the chanting in the background and uploaded it to the web. Here is the video. So I'm not going to play that video because it's the first video that came out and it's kind of, it, 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 it's harder to hear. Um, now in the video, supporters, but the second one is very easy to hear. In the name, uh, in the video, supporters of the late term abortion are clearly heckling a pro-life speaker named Ashley who is talking about Bernard Nathanson, a former abortion practitioner who later became pro-life. She's got a really good testimony. I mean, she was she had an abortion. She told her about what happened when she was there, just the horrificness of it, the screams that she heard coming from other rooms, sobbing uncontrollably of women that were having abortions there. Um, just, I mean, like, just horrific what was going on in there. And as Ashley spoke, a few of the other pro-abortion people started saying, Hail Satan at random. They were First they were going like, you know, they were saying it like quickly. And then the first time, though, that it was heard, um, they, they, at 3.35 of this video, they were, you heard people saying, Hail Satan. Okay? Like if you would go to a church and you'd hear praise God or hallelujah, <laughs> they were saying, Hail Satan. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Okay? They couldn't contain their emotion anymore. Or their allegiance anymore. They couldn't. They didn't want to hide their allegiance anymore. And the first thing that the, the the biggest thing they wanted to to say when they were hearing this moving testimony was to give praise to their father, the devil. So I think it's wonderful that they're doing this. I hope that this happens a whole lot more. I hope that they can't hold their tongues in regard to this thing, and that people will see them for what they are. And then it would hopefully wake some pe more people up, a lot more Christians up to pray against this. Because, you know, this is a spiritual battle, obviously. And when you start to say, Hail Satan, it's, it's much more delineated in that manner that this is a spiritual battle. Okay? Because the gloves are kind of coming off. The, the mask is, is coming off. So, the first time we heard it was at the 335 mark of the second video. But by the 515 mark, they were chanting it in unison very, very creepily. Now, I'm going to see if we can hear this um, so that you can un hear it on the thing. But if not, you can always click on the video that I've got here. Okay, so I'm going to start this at about the 508 mark. And you're going to start to hear, you'll hear it speak for, and then you're going to start to hear this stuff in the background. And they're saying, 
they're saying hail Satan and they're doing it. It sounds like women singing in some like acapella group singing. It's really, really creepy. <laughs> so here, here it comes. They're safe and dirty or they're unsafe and dirty. And, you know, the really, the only difference is between the back alley butchers and today's abortion clinic is that they let you in through the front door. The procedure's the same, the instruments are the same, they let you in from the front door. That's the difference. Herman Gottmel butchered women, butchered children. We have carpets down in Houston. Butchering women, butchering children. Being covered up. At the beginning of this year, February, five women died in February at a Planned Parenthood in Delaware. Do you think you hear about that on the news? No, you don't. They don't want you to know. Abortion is not safe. It's not rare. The only thing it is. Okay, so hopefully you heard that. Uh, and if, again, if you don't, you can click on the actual link and and you'll hear that. Um, but they were singing it like really weird in the background. Um, and they were doing it. <laughs> so I mean, this is how. This is how polarized things are, are becoming. I mean, I, I and again, I think it's good when they turn out and do this. It was so bad that the even the the Church of Satan came out and and denounced it because they don't want to be associated with that. <laughs> this is pretty bad when the the Church of Satan comes out and, and 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 denounces stuff like that. So they just couldn't they couldn't control themselves, and um, I'm hoping to see a whole lot more of that where they can't control themselves. Um, so, some bloggers and online news reporters on the scene took a Twitter immediately to report the sad display. This was CNN Express. They said anti-abortion activists giving speeches, a group of people chant, Hail Satan, in the background. That's CNN saying it. So, this isn't something where, well, I really didn't hear that good. No, no. There were tons and tons of witnesses. There were different videos. There were different people, independent news people that had no Christian affiliation. Um, the one video they're telling, uh, they're put it this way. They're cussing really, really bad and making all kind of really wicked, evil, um, uh, faces and stuff. These people are demon possessed. They really are. I mean, if you would go there to defend the murdering of a baby, you know, um, the thing is, is. It's not as though they're not going to have abortion there still. It's just after the 20th week, there's going to be restrictions. They can't have that. Satan can't have any restrictions. And these people are his minions, and they're representing Satan. And essentially, you you see the rage in their eyes over just this restriction that they want to impose. No, 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 no. We can't have any of that, Satan says. No, no, no. We want unfettered access to abortion at any stage of the game whenever we want. We want to have that ability to kill our baby anytime, anywhere. This is how sick and demented these people are. So another blogger reported, um, and all the links to these bloggers, I, I give you the links to them if you want to verify it. Uh, they say that these orange shirts are actually shouting, Hail Satan, very sad. So, they were all wearing orange shirts. Um, 
and um, the pro-lifers were wearing blue ones. Uh, so, this display of evil and hatred was all for a bill that would ban abortions after 20 weeks and impose safety restrictions on abortion clinics statewide. In other words, an abortion is still legal and accessible in Texas, even if the bill is passed, but this is not enough to satisfy the pro-abortion activists who want full access to kill a baby in the womb at any point in pregnancy. Now, I give you some pictures here that I reposted, and... Some, I mean, just really, really wicked evil. Obviously, typically what you're going to see is heavily tattooed, lesbian-looking type women will be the most dominant in the crowd. Okay? Um, I don't even know why a lesbian would be that concerned. I mean, it's not like she's going to get pregnant, you know. <laughs> but it seems to be really important. At least that's what they look like. They look like, you know, bull lesbians, essentially. And this one lady screamed, I mean, she just looks, they all look so demon-possessed. And I mean that, I don't mean just, I don't mean, you know, oh, they're a little bit demon, demon-infested. I'm talking these people are possessed. And this is going to be the more and the more the standard um, thing that you're going to see with people like this. And they're holding up signs saying, free abortion on demand without apology. Yeah, well, when you're in hell, you'll eat all of those words, is all I can say. So, Proverbs 30, 12 says, There is a generation that are pure in their own eyes, and yet is not washed from their filthiness. See, these people think they're on the side of righteousness. They, they think that they're on the side of whatever satanic righteousness they represent. I've been around pro-abortion people. They're very sanctimonious in their views. They are. I know. My, my mom was my whole life. That's all I ever knew. She gave money to Planned Parenthood. Okay? And she was very, when it came to that subject, you, you know, she bow up on you. She, yo, no, you're not going to, oh, yeah, but you know what? After my daughter was born, and I said, hey, mom, aren't you, aren't you glad I didn't abort Taylor? You know what? That shut her up from then on. We didn't really argue that much anymore about it. I think it got her thinking. I think it was part of the uh, of the way that she repented at the end of her life and was able to get saved. Because I think I don't think she was going to able. I don't think she was going to be able to get saved if she held on to that to the bitter end. That whole thing about because it got her thinking about my about her granddaughter Taylor, who she loved very much. Very, I, I believe my mom loved loved Taylor way more than she ever loved me. Way, and I'm not saying that because I'm feeling sorry for myself. I'm just saying I know that they bonded in a way that I never, ever, ever did or could with my own mom. Ever. So, I believe that, uh, you know, now that I think about it, really, Taylor coming into their life was probably one of the main things that God did to ultimately get them both saved at the very end. I really believe that. If Taylor hadn't been born, they might have not got saved. Now, I'm not saying God couldn't have used it another way, but it is a very powerful way, a child. So, these people, they're a generation that they're, they're pure in their own eyes. These people think that they're totally right and on the, on the side of whatever righteousness they believe to be righteous. It's satanic, it's Luciferian. They're, they're, they're totally blinded by Satan. But yet they're not washed from their own filthiness. They can't see it though. So this is a, um, you can see these pictures. And then, it, and then the, the caption above this is, they sold their souls for birth control. I can't hardly even stand to look at these pictures. This 
could be the title of the American pro-abortion or pro-choice crowd, as they like to call themselves. Usually, they are a mishmash of leftist progressive, progressive feminist pro-gay liberals. Today, they have taken up the new face of that satanic rebellion against God Almighty. Isn't it funny that you know you never see pro-gay or pro-abortion people ever marching for anything righteous? It's always something evil. I mean, it's always something evil. And isn't it funny that, that if, you're, if you're gay or lesbian or a part of that whole gay, lesbian, transgender, bisexual crowd, you're always pro-abortion. I never see that crowd being pro-life. Why? Because their minds are darkened because their deeds are evil, as the Word of God puts it. it it's kind of funny. It's like one side feeds the other. The two, most, two of the most wicked things... Really, the two most wicked things, I think, in God's eyes, being pro-abortion, okay, killing child sacrifice of your baby, and the whole gay, lesbian, tri- uh, transgender, bisexual issue. You look in the Old Testament, it was a death sentence. Okay, you sacrifice your child to Moloch. Uh, you know, if, if, if you were in any type of righteous environment where they were enacting God's law at that point, you were dead. You were dead. If you're involved in witchcraft, the Bible says, Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. Okay, I'm not saying that's what we do now, but I'm saying in the Old Testament. Very, very, very big deal. Because these issues have taken over and have gotten all this uh, special treatment and preeminence in, in, in our society, our society continues to become more and more and more defiled. And the land is defiled. And the Bible talks about that in the Old Testament. When you, when you have women with women, men with men, child sacrifice, it literally defiles the land and it says the land will eventually vomiteth out her inhabitants. And he, and he points back to the other races, because this is to the Jews, and he's saying, don't let this happen to you. And he points back to the other races, don't make me do to you what I did to these other races that did these things. Because that's what's going to happen. The land will vomiteth out her inhabitants. That is the future of America. I'm not saying God cannot and will not protect his remnant, okay, or innocence or whoever he so chooses to protect. But for the most part, I believe that's what's coming. And and um, you have this unbelievable defense of evil, which has become the norm. So, going back to this... Um, after the horrible trial of the abortion doctor, which was ignored in the mainstream and details too horrific to mention here, I think they're talking about Gosnell, we have, we have the new liberals who are now self-proclaimed daughters of Satan. You know? I mean, again, it's, it's wonderful because you can't, if, if, the more this happens, the less they're going to be able to hide behind any kind of sanctimonious veneer. They're out there just praising Satan, you know? And that's going to be something that a pro-life person can point to and say, yeah, how do you explain this? <laughs> you know? So going, going further, um, you could argue they always were daughters of Satan, but previously they would have denied this. As the satanic spirit led by Mr. Obama fills the land of America, the pro-God, pro-life, pro-Second Amendment, anti-Sodomite, American constitutionalists will increasingly have to come against the progressive, pro-gay, pro-abortion, leftist socialists who are openly rebelling against the Almighty. The hatred of these so-called loving liberals has no bounds. 
And these two groups have never been more polarized. Even for Christians who proclaim a lukewarm belief in God, this video should be seriously disturbing. The young woman who shouts, Hail Satan, to the camera and sticks out her tongue, and this is, this is in the first video, you can watch if you like, um, and then she, she, she shouts, Hail Satan, to the camera person, sticks out her tongue, which many would pronounce as a curse. Actually, that is in, in uh, some witchcraft circles, you can use that as a curse. Anyway, and then she also screamed the F word. Um, but thankfully, the cameraman moved away from her before that obscenity was caught on camera. Um, anyway, the spirit of evil is now rampant among the land as the new financial crises approach. With it also comes civil disturbance, World War III, famine, and death. These blasphemous people will cry to God Almighty when this happens and ask God why he let this happen. But God will have deaf ears to their cries. 1 Samuel 8, 7. <clears throat> For they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. See, people want the God, whatever God of their devising, people in general. Okay, And that's a, regardless of whatever religion you're in. As long as I can work my way to heaven and do it on my terms, then I'll accept that God, essentially. Or whether it's Nirvana, Paradise, whatever. So when you have all these people like these abortionists, uh, activists out there doing this, the, the verse is, really, this verse is really applicable. The Lord's saying this, For they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me. Okay, meaning they've rejected God, that I should not reign over them. They don't want to have that type of authority over them. Anything but that, they cannot have the holy God of the Bible. They cannot be subject to that God. They cannot do that. That's the one thing they won't do. And um, so, they live their life any way they want, and then they have to go to hell and then the lake of fire for eternity, where they will be subject, totally. To God. So either, you know, <laughs> they get saved in this life or they burn in hell and then the lake of fire for eternity forever. But one way or another, God's going to reign over them. Okay? Um, so, Revelation 6.15, And the kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains. It, when I saw these people, it reminded me of this verse. That's why I'm putting it in there. And said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. All these people that are so haughty now and, and like this and screaming all their all their cuss words to all the Christians and, and going nuts and, and, and um, screaming hail Satan and doing all their disgusting things, they're going to say to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. They're not going to be so tough then. They're big and tough now and they can go out there and do all this stuff and and, and get in everyone's face and put, try to put curses on people and do whatever they're going to do. But they're not going to be tough then. And then it goes on to say, For the great day of wrath has come, and who shall be able to stand? They, the, what, the, the thing about this is, what it, a lot of it boils down to too, is humbling yourself. These people will not humble themselves to a holy God. They will eventually. Oh yeah, they're going to humble themselves right here. 
when they're begging the mountains and the rods to fall on them. And hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. <laughs> yeah. But it'll be too late. It'll be too late. That's what a lot of times, one of the biggest things that prevents people from getting saved is, is that absolutely pride. Which is, what's the opposite of pride? Humility. Okay? They've got so much pride. They've got so much, I'm going to do it. I'm going to earn. I'm going to do this and that. And I'm not going to submit myself to a holy God or to the God of the Bible. I won't do it. I won't do it. And that's the very main reason why they don't end up getting saved. Because in order to get saved, you have to humble yourself. But Jesus Christ said, unless you humble yourself as a little child, you will not see the kingdom of God. You have to get humble to get saved. You don't go to God and say, well, I'm, uh, I'm, I'll do you a favor, God, and I'm going to get saved. I'll accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I'm going to do you this big favor. You have to go to God humbly. And he knows your heart. You can, If you think you're faking it, you're not, because he can see right through that. So, um, they'll be humbled eventually. Now, here we see... Um, a, I guess it's part of this confrontation, a pro-life activist tries to get her point across to a pro-abortion debate opponent. And she's wearing a shirt, and it said, and I, I'm a little bit of a, obscure, but I think it says, would it bother us more if they used guns? And then I think it's abort73.com. I think what the point of the shirt is, is would it bother the abortion activists more if they lady had the baby and then they shot the baby, and I've said this before, if you made abortions, uh, okay, you can still make it legal, but you have to have the baby, and then the dad and the mom have to be there, and they're the ones that have to be the ones that kill the baby. Okay, give the mom a gun right after she's had it, and and the baby's there crying, and they've and they you know they've wrapped it in nice clothing. Okay, now mom, now now it's your it's your choice. You want this abortion now? You have to kill your own baby. Do you know how the uh, uh, abortion rate would plummet worldwide if that was the case? If she had to look her own baby in the eye and then take a gun and kill it? Or what about this? Is even better. This is fair because that's not fair to the baby. What if they did this? They abort. Okay, the baby comes out. They still want to abort. Okay, now here's what we have to do. We're going to draw straws. Okay, the short straw dies. Okay, the doctor that delivered the baby, that's one straw. The dad, that's another. The mom, that's another. The baby, that's one. And then maybe the, the, the nurse that helped. Anybody that participates in this is, is, is evil. I'm not saying they couldn't get saved, but I'm saying they shouldn't be doing this stuff. So, okay, let's say there's five straws. So at least the baby has a fighting chance that way. He's got a one in five chance. Hey, if there's two or three nurses, hey, add, a, add a couple more straws. I, I, I want to make the, the odds better for the baby. Because the baby's the only one there that's innocent. All the other people that are wanting to do that, and I'm not saying God can't forgive you, again, for this type of thing. Okay, I, I was pro-abortion all growing up because I bought into my mom's Kool-Aid. Okay, So I'm not saying I haven't been on, on the wrong side of the issue for most of my life, actually. Uh, for, uh, yeah, probably up to about the age of 23 and 44. So yeah, for most of my life. Of course, I wasn't probably when I was a little wee kid. I didn't know any better. But for a long time I was. So I'm not judging. I'm just saying, isn't that fair? Give the baby a fighting chance, you know? So this woman has a shirt. Would it bother us more if they used guns? How, 
this is the thing. This is the type of logic you would have to try to use when dealing with somebody like this. But, again, when you're dealing with somebody like this, you're dealing with somebody demon-possessed. Okay? If they're going to go and chant Hail Satan and go to an abortion rally to counteract what you're doing, you're dealing with a demon-possessed individual, most likely. Or close to it. Um, so anyway, just some things to think about. The Bible is clear that life begins at conception. In speaking of God's work of life, King David wrote, Thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, he's talking to God, essentially, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and my and that my soul knoweth right well. See, our soul knows this inherently, that this is a baby. Okay? You, you can justify it any way you want to justify it, but it's a baby. Life begins at conception. Um, it, this is the, the uh, incredible verse that absolutely proves that. When the Lord spoke to the prophet Jeremiah for the first time, he told him, Before I formed thee in the belly, in the belly of, of his mother, I knew thee. He knows us before we're formed. Think about it. The soul and the spirit, what, does he just create it right, right when conception begins? No. The, the, evidently, that is done before conception. You know? And there is a Bible verse that kind of talks about that, alludes to that. Um, I, I'll actually get that. I've, I've said it before, but it's, it's interesting. It's, it's uh, you know, obviously it's hard to be totally dogmatic about exactly what process is going on, but it, it is interesting. But he says... God says, this is God speaking, before I formed thee in the belly, speaking to Jeremiah, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. His course was already set. And from the first moment Mary was pregnant with the Lord, and that was Jeremiah 1.5 I just read, and from the first moment Mary was pregnant with the Lord, Jesus Christ Jesus Christ, scriptures then state, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. It didn't say she was found with zygote of the Holy Ghost, meaning just where the egg and the sperm combine. Or she was found with fetus of the Holy Ghost. That's all these terms they use in order to dehumanize the baby. No, from the moment Mary, okay, was pregnant with the Lord, Jesus Christ, scripture states, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Right there. No getting around these verses. And that was Matthew 1.18. Okay, actually those verses that I was talking about is actually a continuation of the verses I was just reading in Psalm 139 where it says, I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made, marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right. Well, now we continue... And it says, my substance was not hid from thee when, in other words, he's talking to God, essentially, the psalmist. My substance was not hid from thee, meaning God, when I was made in secret and curiously wrought, meaning he was curiously made, essentially, in the lowest parts of the earth. Now, at the time, maybe this was where this took place was in Abraham's bosom, which was in the center part of the earth. In the Bible, and I've done studies on that. I can't really get into that right now. But I would imagine maybe that's where it happened. I don't know. Can't say for sure. And then it says, Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. 
And in thy book, all my members were written. This is before he was born. Okay? Which is in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. Meaning, I think with that, meaning that in thy book, all my members were written. Meaning all the parts of the body almost might have been documented. Which in continuance were fashioned yet as there was none of them. Meaning he hadn't been born yet. He didn't have a physical body yet. There was none of them yet. But yet they were still written in God's book. Listen, I, I'm not going to say I understand all that, but I'm telling you that's what it sounds like. <laughs> you know? I mean, praise the Lord. I, that's just neat. That, that's just awesome, praise God. So, let's go further. Abortion is murder in God's eyes, but with schools and government buildings removing any mention of God, pop culture promoting sinful rebellion, and more and more churches preaching false gospels, many in society are no longer concerned with the Lord or His judgment. Instead, people are opting for what is right in their own eyes. Justifying the killing of life in the womb under the guise of women's rights and empowerment. So much for babies' rights. It's all about women's rights. What does the Bible have to say about all this? Proverbs 12.15 says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. But he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. These people are fools. What they're doing is right in their own eyes, but they're fools. They're showing themselves to be fools. They're, they're screaming out for justified murder of a, the most innocent beings on planet Earth, human beings on planet Earth. A baby in the womb doesn't get much more innocent. They're saying, no, I want to murder that totally innocent human being in the womb. And I am justified in my own eyes because I think that that's good. It's so sick. Proverbs 16.2 says, All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirits. This is why the Bible says to examine yourself. See if you be, within, see if you be in the faith. Or, or the Bible talks about if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. We're supposed to judge and examine ourselves all the time and to not think of ourselves more highly than we ought and to humble ourselves as a little child before God. If you're doing those things, <laughs> you're, you're, I mean, from a spiritual standpoint, if you're doing those things and doing them honestly, things are going to be so much better between you and the Lord. I mean, He can work with somebody who's humble. He doesn't expect us to be perfect. But, yeah, should we strive toward perfection? Sure. But if you go in there, if you go to God, and you're not humble, and you think that I'm a really good person, and I'm better than that guy, and I'm this, oh, man. God can't work. That person's blind. Why? Because pride blinds you. It was the first sin really ever recorded in the Bible. Because when Satan fell, which took place before um, Adam and Eve most likely, when he fell, well, had to have. Because how could he have tempted uh, Eve if, if it hadn't? He had already fallen, okay? So the first sin ever recorded in the Bible, Satan falling and taking a third of the angels with him, it said that he was lifted up because of his beauty and because of his merchandise. He had great possessions and he was incredibly beautiful. His heart was lifted up, which was pride, which blinded him, 
So much so that he said, I will ascend under the sides of the north. I will be like the most high. In other words, he was going to like, I guess, thought he was going to storm, storm heaven or something and take over. <laughs> I mean, how deluded is that? So he was so blind with pride. And that's what it does to you. It blinds you every time. So all the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes. That's the thing. Well, my intentions are pure. <laughs> if you're saying your intentions are pure, most likely they're not. You know. Um, going further, Proverbs twenty-one two. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth the hearts. This is the norm. Okay, all these people that are that are out there satanically protesting and singing Hail Satan, they, they think what they're doing is right. Sure they do. Proverbs 21.3, To do justice and judgment is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. So justice is, a, is very important to God. True justice. Judgment. Biblical judgment. Judging rightly. The people, the pro-abortion, or the, the, um, the anti-abortion people there, the pro-life people, they were on the side of justice and judgment going against these basically Luciferians or Satanists or whatever they are. Proverbs 21.4 And high look and a proud heart and the plowing of the wicked is sin. A high look, what does that imply? Pride. A proud heart. There you go. And the plowing of the wicked. So whatever their, their um, whatever they set their hand to, the wicked, is sin. In God's eyes. You know, somebody like that working at Planned Parenthood, <laughs> devoting time to that, whatever that, it, it's all sin in God's eyes. Yet they think that they're clean in their own eyes. They're right in their own eyes. Uh, Isaiah 5.21, Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Proverbs 3.7, Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. And then the Bible also says the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. It's not the only description of the fear of the Lord. Okay? But that is one description of the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. This incident of clear blasphemy reveals the heart of sinful rebellion and anger at God. The Bible is clear that an unsaved person is at war with the Lord. Romans 8, 7, 8 says, Because the carnal mind, meaning the worldly mind, meaning a mind that's not an unsaved mind, essentially, is at enmity against God. Even, even, a, even a saved person is going to battle the carnality, though, and worldliness. Okay, But somebody that's totally carnal is what I'm talking about here. Totally not saved, given over to sin. Because the carnal mind is at enmity, meaning war against God, for it is not subject to the law of God. Neither neither indeed can it be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Webster's 1828 Dictionary defines enmity as, number one, a quality of being an enemy, the opposite of friendship, ill will, hatred, unfriendly dispositions, malevolence. Okay, this is how God views, particularly, I mean, a really good example would be these abortion protesters. They're overtly an enemy of God, okay? Um, 
if you, you, you look at these pictures of them and you see the hatred in their eyes, this is the state of those who are blinded from the light of the gospel. Pray for their repentance and to see the error of their ways. As the world moves to greater hostility towards the Bible, biblical Christianity and true Bible-believing Christians who practice it, it is all the more important to share the gospel boldly and let the power of God, which is in his holy word, shine on the hearts and the minds of those in society who do not know or believe in Jesus Christ. There is forgiveness for all sins, including uh, taking life in the womb when one puts faith in Jesus Christ and his work on the cross. Um, I'm going to say this one last little story here, and then I'm going to go to the next part here. This one I uh, just saw, I thought this was another joke when I first saw it, but it's not. It's uh, ESPN even covered it. Uh, an amateur football match, meaning soccer game, in Brazil led to two deaths. As a refer- This just happened the other day. As a referee was beheaded by spectators after he stabbed a player. The shocking incidents occurred and Mara... Maranhão, Brazil, last Sunday. According to reports, referee Ortavio da Silva fatally stabbed soccer player Josenir Abreu. When the referee showed a red card to the player, a red card is you're out of the game. Okay, Usually you'll get a yellow card, and then a lot of times you get a red card. Sometimes you could get a red card if it's really, really flagrant right off the bat. Okay. Usually you get a yellow card, which is like a warning, and then a red card. Now, it's a big deal because sometimes it means you can't even play in subsequent games. Uh, I know in the Olympics if you get like a red card, I'm pretty sure you can't play in any more of the games. So, the referee showed a red card to the player. The player got mad, swore at the referee, and kicked him. The referee then grabbed a hunting knife from his belt. Well, it's always good for referees to be running around hunting knives. I mean, that's good. Um, and... Uh, he grabbed the hunting knife from his belt and then stabbed the player in the chest, killing him. Okay? Having witnessed the incident, an outraged group of spectators then turned on the referee. He was tied up, beaten, stoned, and then hacked up and quartered. They put his head then on a stake, they beheaded him, put his head on a stake and planted it in the middle of the field. Now, I saw the original thing uh, of this. I really wish I wouldn't have clicked on the video. It, it, it showed this body, and I clicked on it, and this body was laying, it was like in a hospital somewhere. And they literally, they had put his head back on his body, and then the person just kind of lifted his head off the body. And then you could see it had been beheaded. And then, you, and then the, the, they were filming, and the, and the guy's... Um, the guy's um, Leg both below both knees, the the legs were were um, severed totally, and then it looked like his right arm was was uh, severed above the elbow, and then his head just looked like it had been beaten in, and and uh, it was obviously it was beheaded as well. So I guess if you consider quartering somebody, a quarter a quarter is twenty five percent, right? A quarter is is four parts. Okay, you had one leg. And then the other leg was cut off, and then the elbow, and then the head. So I guess they did cut, there's a total of five different parts of his body that were literally severed over a soccer, ultimately over a soccer match. Yeah, the guy, the guy killed the guy. You know, the referee killed the guy, and then they turned on him and did this to him. 
I tell you, they're, they're big fans down there. They're big fans. Big fans, you know. They take their soccer seriously, you know. I, I mean, it, it's like incomprehensible. I mean, a guy last month in America, I think it was in Colorado, and this was like a 15-year-old or something, 14, 15. I don't know if he got a red card, punched the soccer guy, the referee in the head. I, I guess he hit him just right. Guy died like that night. You know, so this is becoming, as the world becomes more just demon infested, sports crazy, all this wicked and evil, you're going to see more and more of this type of insane behavior, you know. Um, So I just, I I had to, I had to report on this because I couldn't even believe what I was seeing and and it's all been verified so i'm going to go ahead and end part 1 here and we're going to go to part 2 next god bless you